I think it's very, very important for us to listen to what God says to us. Sometimes we just go through a service and we don't really realize what is actually happening. And uh, I think the gift of tongues is a powerful way of God communicating with us. It's called a heavenly language. It's in the Bible. But it's a direct message from God. It's a direct message from God. He spoke to you directly this morning. Do you accept what he said? Do you expect what he said? Amen. Um, God is so concerned and passionate for bringing heaven to earth that he gave his only son. The very passion and love of his heart was expressed in what he thought, how he felt, and what he wanted for his creation. And what amazes me is this. Uh, Romans says that even creation groans. God can hear creation in its fallen state. That's what it says. He cares. We are not in a relationship that is somehow dormant, lifeless, meaningless, fruitless. We are in a relationship with our Heavenly Father whose passion and love and motivation is to bring his authority and his life to people on earth. So when Jesus came to earth, when he came to earth and he walked about people and he saw people, what do you think he thought and what do you think he felt? Do you know that every decision you make is based on your feelings? Your emotions are very involved in the decisions you make. So when Jesus, as a human, walked this earth, what do you think he felt? When he saw people who were lost. When he saw people who were sick. When he saw people who were depressed. When he saw people that had no hope. How did, what motivated him to do something about it? It was what he felt for them. And what he felt for them that boiled in his heart was what and why the Father sent him to earth. All the resources and character and nature of heaven he possessed. Because the Holy Spirit was upon him and because he was born of the Spirit, he was motivated by the heavenlies. 
And when we walk around earth today, when we walk around in our restaurants or wherever, when you see people, what do you feel? What do you see? Or do we just blindly walk around earth as though we have no feeling, we have no vision, we have no anticipation? This is not on my notes. Faith possesses the desire to accomplish the will of God. Faith possesses the desire to accomplish the will of God. And, you know, I think, you know what I think we need? We need a radical move of God. We need a radical move of the Holy Spirit to shake us out of the shell that we're in. I'm speaking about myself. I walk about and I say, God, I see these people. I know they're lost. Show me what you're doing. Help me see and feel what you see and feel. So I'm not walking around like an empty tomb of a dead body. But the very life of God resides within us to express who he is, to see the dynamics of the kingdom of God of heaven re become reality on the earth. I, I just can't get this out of my mind. I think I have preached this for 30 years. And it just keeps coming up all the time. I, I can't escape it. The intimacy of the Father and the Son is a powerful, powerful relationship. That was the avenue upon which the Father expressed his heart to all creation. I think Christianity today is lying in the dormant, dormancy and the emotion and the feeling and the compassion is dead. And I believe the Father wants his compassion to drive us. To possess us. To the point where sickness can't hang around. Amen. Do we really detest? Do we detest it or we just tolerate it? And we pray about it and nothing happens. And I'm talking about myself. But it's hard to believe that the father of passion somehow is dormant concerning the conditions of people. It's just hard for me to believe that. And in my heart, 
burns. A desire to break out of this system of religion and system of expectation in which nothing happens. I'm sick of it. We pray our little prayers. And I'm talking about me. And we play our little games. Meanwhile, people are dying, sick. And I'm saying, God, stir our hearts. Uh, just radically move upon me. Take a hold of my life. Now the Holy Spirit had a good introduction. Faith always desires to explore what revelation exposes to us. And I remember, I remember being baptized with the Holy Spirit and the passion of heaven so captivated my life. I have never been the same since. And what I expected then happened, and I keep living the life of expectation of more. I keep living the life of expectation of this is what your word says I should really be seeing and doing. Amen? Are, are you with me? I mean, I, I get excited about the fact that Jesus just took somebody's hand and the fever left. I get excited about the fact that Peter said to the, the, at the gate, beautiful, he took the man's hand and he said, get up and walk. And out of his hand, the power of God went into that body and the man stood up and started leaping all around. I think we need some of that. We need a radical move of God. We need to see radical things happen. We need to see the uncommon thing happen in our life and through our life and in our city and in our community and in our lives and in our church. I think we've become so complacent. We don't feel the pain of those who hurt. Do you? I know Jesus does. And so the, the thoughts that went through my mind this morning, Jesus says, just think of what it was like when I walked the earth and I passed somebody who was hurting. What did I feel? What did I expect? He had compassion. He reached out. He wasn't there when Lazarus died. But he came. And he said, come forth. And Lazarus did not have an option. And that's the kind of authority God is looking for in us. Authority that gives no option. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. 
Glory to God. Twelve men turned the world upside down because of a radical move of God that changed everything in perspective of the relationship with God. I am just not satisfied. When Peter, when Jesus asked Peter, who, who do you say that I am? And Peter blurted out, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father who is in heaven. Do you know what followed after that? What followed after that was this. After that revelation, Jesus said these words, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. You see, revelation, when revelation comes, it's not for that moment, it's for the next step that you need to take. Jesus said, and he said this, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. I will, I will give you the keys. Not to the kingdom, of the kingdom. And there's a difference. To means I can get in. Of means all that it contains. So he gave him the keys of all all that the kingdom of God retains in heaven. And against that, the gates of hell cannot prevail. Against that becomes the realities of kingdom life on earth. And out of that comes the reality of the invasion of darkness the invasion of sickness, the invasion of diseases, the invasion of depression comes out of all. He says, I give you the keys. You know, a key, if I say I give you the keys of this church means you can go anywhere in this church. But if I just gave you the key to that room, that's all you're going to get. Just think of it. He gave us the keys plural. Whatever door, whatever need, whatever result you need, there it has been opened to you. And there's a master key. We have a master key here. The master key opens everything. And there's a master key, and I want to tell you what that master key is today. There is a master key that I see in the life of Jesus that I believe we all need to take on. Um, <clears throat> the master key has unlocked. I'm not going to say it's going to unlock because heaven has been unlocked. 
It's open. The master key has unlocked your account in heaven so you can draw what has been deposited there for your life. Out of the resources of your account, you are able to break through from where you are to where God wants you to advance. I'll say that again. Out of, your, out of the resources of your account, you are able to break through from where you are to where God wants you to advance. The kingdom of God is always an advancement. It's never, ever stagnant. We're always moving forward. We're moving forward to more understanding, more revelation, more ability to do what God called us to do. There's a constant moving ahead. The moment we're standing still, we become dormant. The moment I become complacent, I'm just dormant. And that's what a tree looks like in the winter. It has no life. There's life in it, but it's not exposed. Listen to this verse. Philippians 3.13. Do you want to put that up? Philippians 3.13. For it is God... This is the uh, Rotherham Bible. For it is God who energizes within you both the desiring and the energizing in behalf of his good pleasure. The Holy Spirit is the energia of God that comes and creates the ability to live life in the realm of the Spirit. There's a key that unlocks everything in the kingdom because it's a key of relationship. It's a key of relationship. The model that Jesus established, could you put that up? The model that Jesus established in his administrative center is suitable for all of us to follow. The model, he's our model. He established a model in his administration center. It is, it, it's suitable for all of us to follow. I say that because of the verse that I'm going to read, Ephesians 3, 1, 10. With a view to an administration suitable to the, fulfillness, to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things in earth in him. He has, an, he has an administration that's working right to the end. And the administration that he has set up, we can all follow. The instruction that he has given, we can all believe. 
the instructions he has given, the details we can expect. Are you there? I am just so stirred about this. God establishes his good pleasure before himself. In other words, he's standing like this. He says, this is my good pleasure right in front of me right here. And now I'm going to connect it to Jesus. I'm going to connect it to Jesus, and he's going to administrate my good pleasures. And I don't believe it's God's good pleasure to see sickness continue. I don't think it's God's favor or will to see depression carry on. Oh, that's just what you need. No, you don't need it. You need his good pleasure. So everything of his good pleasure, he connected to Jesus. And when you and I walk in the administration of his call, we release the good pleasures of the Father. So, when you cross somebody who is sick, what's the good pleasure of the Father? When you walk to somebody who's hurting, what's the good pleasure of the Father? What would he want us to do? What would he want me to say? How would he want me to act? And the exciting part is this. He'll do it with us like he did it with Jesus. What did he do? He heard the heart of the people, and he was moved out of love because the love of the Father sent him, and he possessed the love of God, and love conquers all things. And his intimacy with the Father, his oneness with the Father, gave him an ear to hear what the Father would say. And that's what he did. He did what the Father said because he says, I don't do anything except what I see my Father do, and I don't say anything. How did he get there? How did he get to that position? That's the master key I want to tell you about. And I'm learning this myself. I I don't have this solved, by the way. It's a revelation to me. And, And I'm learning Revelation brings us spiritual understanding. And do you know what the two words understanding is made up of? Under and stand. It's what I stand under. So Peter, when he got revelation, he got understanding. When Jesus said what he would do, Peter got understanding and he stood under it. What you believe is what you stand under. Faith brings spiritual understanding. The master key has been given to the heirs of God on earth. I want to bring, I want to bring this to your attention because this is a key. The Bible says we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. What are we joint heirs about? Well, everything that he said and everything that he did and everything that he expected and every result that he had 
is ours to believe for. You know what that does to me? It puts me in a realm where I can't do it. Which brings me to this. I can only yield to what my father has said. I should believe and do. That, that's all I can do. I remember watching people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I was, I was uh, saved uh, probably in my late teens. And, and, and I watched people get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I wanted it so bad. For three years. I would go forward at these big meetings and preachers would lay their hands on me and, and nothing, nothing would happen. But I couldn't get rid of this desire I had for what the word said. Three years later, I'm sitting in my living room and boom, nobody touched me. And I have never been the same. The passion for the kingdom has never, ever dwarfed. In fact, the more I read the word, the more it grows. Why did I say that? It took three years but I would not give up. I wouldn't give up until I got the reality. I wouldn't allow it just to be something that I believe the word said. I believed when I received. Then I knew what it was really like. And sometimes I think we give up too soon. We don't see it, so therefore, oh, well, I guess it's not for me. I could have thought that, but you know what? I wouldn't. I was stupid enough not to think that. And, and there, there's, nothing, there's nothing that can replace heaven and its fullness in our life. Nothing. Nothing. Let me get to let me get to the master key. I got eight pages of notes and I, I have just been consumed in studying this. Jesus said these words, and this is I think I think we need to start here. But how do you get here? How do you get to this statement? I and the Father are one. How do you get there in your heart? How do you get there in your will? How, how do you get there? Jesus wasn't just saying it as a nice flowery thing to say. No, he said it because it is his reality. But how did he get to that reality as a man? How did he get there? What brought him to that kind of relationship with the Father? What did he do? There is a divine unity 
that impacts the divisions and disorder resulting from failure in the earth. Let me say that again. There is a divine unity that impacts the division and disorder resulting from failure in the earth. The Garden of Eden was a great failure, but the unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is an impact. And I believe we need to come into that intimate unity so we can be an impact in our families, in our marriage, in our church, and in our city, and with our friends. Amen? I and the Father are one. And he says this. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. So he explains where he came from. But there was a certain time in his life when he had to make a decision about how he was going to relate to the Father. And this is a key, this is a key attitude that I believe we need to have. And this key attitude is a master key because it opens all that the kingdom possesses to us. The intimacy Jesus had with the Father didn't cease when he left heaven. The Father has not left us without a direct intimacy, testimony, and witness regarding heavenly things. He didn't leave us here with a blank check. He has filled in the check and he has signed the check and he says, now cash the thing. The revelation received on earth came from heaven. His name was Jesus. Jesus is he that descended out of the heavens. The revelation on earth began with Jesus himself coming down to where we are. And how do I come down to where people are? How do I do that? How do I come down to where people are? Well, it starts with my attitude with the Father. It starts with who am I serving? Am I serving me? Is it just my ministry? Or is it actually the will of the Father that the gift is supposed to fulfill and not my ministry? We have so Selfly, she claimed these things that actually belong to God. We just have a privilege of doing it for him. So this intimacy that he had with the father, I think, is really important. But how did he get there? What did he do? How did he yield to that? The revelation on earth began with Jesus himself coming down to where we are. He is the direct witness of heaven and earth. He was there. He knew everything that was up there. And he came down here and he saw everything that was down here. So he's a witness. A witness who verifies the fact of what is true.
Are you with me or have I lost you? Any person would have to ascend to heaven, but not Jesus, because he began there. And he's a witness. And, I, and I, I'm not going to go into the witnesses. I'm going to get straight right now to the point of how do I become this person and what is it that I need to do to have a master key that opens up all of heaven to me. Turn with me to the book of Philippians. And while you're turning there, let me read this to you. Keys of the kingdom open doors of direction. Keys of the kingdom open doors to what are, you are separated unto. If I gave you the keys of this place and you came in here, you're separated unto what's in this environment. The keys of the kingdom open doors to the throne of authority. The keys of the kingdom open the door to heaven's agencies. Then the keys of the kingdom introduce the substance of things hoped for. The keys of the kingdom bring into the realm of heavenly control. The keys of the kingdom release heavenly affluence and prosperity. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and monetarily. The keys of the kingdom release heavenly affluence. The keys of the kingdom release the environment of heavens, heavenly effective communication. I, I could go into examples of all these. Let me give you one here. Jesus went preaching the kingdom. He was introducing them to all that was in heaven. And then what did he do? He healed the sick, he raised the dead, and cleansed the leper. He unlocked, he walked through the unlocked heavens on behalf of those who needed what heaven had. Okay, let's, let's go to Philippians. Here's what Jesus did. In Philippians chapter 2. Even though he did not consider it wrong to be equal with God, but he humbled himself and he became a slave. He humbled himself and became a slave. And in the position of a slave, a slave receives their authority from the master. So he opened his heart to the authority and the words and the work of the Father. And when the Father said it, he did it because he was a slave. 
He was submitted to the Father as a slave. I am here to fulfill the will of the Father. That key, when you read his life and you you read the results, you see that key working wherever he went, whatever he did, and whoever came to him with a need, all of a sudden, boom, it's done. Boom, it's done. And he had an intimacy with the father as a slave that when the father did the work, he heard the father say, hey, tell him it's done. Because he was a bond servant. And a a bond servant is someone who is bound to someone in service. And he was bound to the Father to serve the Father and the will of the Father to fulfill the words of the Father, to see the actions of the Father and agree with them and see them come about and announce them to people. Wow. That's what he's looking for in you. And, that's, and, and there's a shell on us, all of us, that God wants to break off, that he to- spoke to us prophetically. He wants to break that shell off that is limiting us. Whatever that might be, he wants to break it off because he wants his life to come forward out of your life. He wants his kingdom to come on this earth as it is in heaven through your life. The master key is be a slave of the father. Well, he was a son, but he was a submitted son to fulfill all of the father's passions desires and hopes hallelujah I'm expecting I'm expecting in my life that God's going to take this revelation and revolutionize me because The passion that I have, I cannot perform. And I go so far, and that's all I can do. But if I move into the dimension of a bond servant, what I'm doing is I'm moving into a dimension where the Father's will becomes the utmost of importance, and my sensitivity to him becomes an increasing thing. And all of a sudden, I believe I'm going to be walking like Jesus did on this earth, and I believe you can too. And I need to break out of the shell of I can't. Into the shell is, Father, I see it. Father, I hear it. 